It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 25th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll recap the Magic's loss to the Indiana Pacers from Saturday, talk about some of the issues from that game, and what the Magic are going to have to do to bounce back against the Detroit Pistons on Monday, and really what they're going to have to do to stay afloat and keep playing the way that they know they can play and stay in this playoff race until Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon return. We'll talk about all that coming up in just a bit, but before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you could only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to get the lowdown on the Detroit Pistons? Check out Locked On Pistons. Want to look ahead to the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday? Check out Locked On Cavaliers. You can find a Locked On podcast for you, plus our national podcast, Locked On NBA, Locked On Facing Basketball, and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast. You can find all these great podcasts wherever you download podcasts or search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, whether it's NBA, NFL, MLB, College, or NHL too. There's a Locked On podcast for your favorite team, your second favorite team, the team you love to hate, and everything in between. Check these out wherever you download podcasts today, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. No one will accuse the Orlando Magic of not fighting. And, and if there's any positive sign to come from Saturday's 111-106 loss to the Indiana Pacers, it's that the Magic fought. Even when they were struggling to score in that second quarter, I think there was a level of fight. Um, and, and I think what's what's really good and key about this team, and we saw it last year, honestly, when they made the playoff run, is they are not one to give up the ship. They're not one to quit on a game. They're not one to kind of throw it in. And honestly, a great characteristic of this year's Magic team so far is that 
they do not get blown out. They do not get beat easily. You got the loss of the Milwaukee Bucks and and that loss of the Toronto Raptors last week when when Orlando lost those two play, lost their two best players or two of their three best players. Those you know that that Raptors game, I, I'll excuse them a little bit, but other than that, Orlando has virtually had a chance to win every single game. We could argue that they had a you know a puncher's chance of winning every single game, and that certainly includes the game on Saturday night. Orlando trailed by as much as 15 points and used a 40 point third quarter to climb back in the game. They made 13 three pointers, shot better than 40 percent from beyond the arc. They did a lot of things. Really well, perhaps too well, perhaps, you know, hiding some other issues or hiding other issues that we know. They're not going to shoot this well from beyond the arc again. And that might be a bit of the problem. At the end of the day, this game came down to late game execution. It came down to making plays and and the Magic did two things that they don't characteristically do late in this game. Orlando trailed by, I think, five points with about two minutes to play. And they scrambled back to get to, to get back in it and tie it. Markel Fultz stole the ball from Miles Turner at the elbow, ran it down to the other end of the court, and got a two-handed jam over, I believe it was TJ Leaf, to tie the game at 106. From there, with about 30 seconds left, all Orlando needed to do was get a stop. And guess what? They did get the stop. Aaron Holiday took a tough fadeaway jumper that would have given the ball back to the Magic with about... 10, 12 seconds left. But Jonathan Isaac appeared to slip as he was trying to box out Miles Turner, and Turner was able to beat him to the offensive rebound. The Magic scrambled to reset their defense as the Pacers reset their offense, and they got a matchup that they really liked. Aaron Holiday going up against, I believe it was Kem Birch. Holiday ran a kind of give-and-go pick-and-roll with Justin Holl- with his brother Justin Holiday, and Aaron popped to the three-point line instead of diving to the basket. Birch was dropping, as, as he should do during that situation. And Holiday buried a three-pointer. A tough, tough break for a team that probably deserved a little bit more at the end. But Orlando still had a chance to tie with about eight seconds left. And the Magic just couldn't get a clean inbound. They got the ball to Evan Fournier, but he was crowded by Terrence Ross being in the same space. I, I couldn't tell if Ross was supposed to vacate the area or, or cycle through to the, to, the, to the corner or Fournier you know, wasn't the, op, wasn't the option. I think Fournier was the option. The Magic typically do run that play where a player pops up to the middle through an elevator screen or through some other pin-down screen. So someone messed up. You know, some, some poor execution there, maybe some poor play design. And the Magic turned, turned the ball over off the inbounds. Had to foul, and the Pacers, of course, made the free throws to make it a 111-106 final. Again, these two plays are not typical of this Magic team, as I'll discuss here in a moment. But all that hard work, all that good vibes, kind of went down the drain. Yes, the Magic played spirited, they played with energy, and that's the first step of this battle, as, as, I've, as I said the one thing that I expect from this team above all else is that they play hard. They may not have the talent to win. They may not have the offensive output or the offensive consistency to win. And again, that's why losing this kind of game hurts so much is you can't be wasting games where Jonathan Isaac has his career high. It's the second straight time that that's happened. You can't be wasting games when you make 13 threes, the second time against Indiana, that that's happened. 
You can't be giving away these kinds of games where you play above yourself. And credit goes to Indiana. They made the plays. They executed. They took advantage of the magic. They attacked weaknesses, um, which we'll get into here in a bit. But the magic did a lot of this to themselves. As Steve Clifford said after the game, it wasn't good enough. And as, as Steve Clifford hinted after the loss of the Raptors as well as after this loss, we know we can play a lot better, especially on the defensive end. The Magic defense has slipped. It was slipping before the injury, so it isn't just an issue from Saturday night. Orlando is now 11th in the league in defensive rating. They're outside the top 10, and I can tell you this, the Magic are not making the playoffs if they're not a top 10 defense. Their offense has been humming along much nicer, much nicer, and it's playing a lot better, but this team isn't going anywhere if it doesn't defend at a high level. And so this game played out very much like that first game against Indiana. The Pacers were able to take advantage of the Magic's drop coverages. They were able to hit mid-range jumpers when they didn't get they didn't settle for mid-range jumpers. They were able to get to the paint. They were able to collapse the defense. They were able to get open shots. And Orlando just really wasn't that physical with them on the perimeter. They really didn't uh, impede their progress to screens. They were able to run off screens pretty cleanly. And again, if you're dropping, the one thing if you're dropping, which which is the strategy, which is this magic strategy. I mean, I know a lot of people are, are saying, oh, the magic should press up more on screen and rolls and and blitz a little bit more. And and you know maybe that is something they should look at. But the magic strategy and, and Clifford would cite statistics to, to support this. The strategy is to drop, which means the big is kind of retreating to the paint a little bit, giving up some ground to prevent attacks to the basket, attacks at the rip. But in order for this to work, you can't let guards come around screens cleanly. And so that's on the defender, on the defensive guard, on the def- ball handler's defender, to make it a little bit harder to get around that screen. And that's the thing that isn't happening right now for the Orlando Magic. The offense is starting to come around. So, you know, that problem is, you know, not solved. Obviously, it's just one game, especially without Nikola Vucevic, but it's less of a concern. It's getting the defense back to an elite level. That's the biggest concern for this team at the moment. But time and time again, the Pacers took advantage of the, the Magic's defense. Orlando tightened up in stretches where it had to, don't get me wrong, but overall, it was not good enough. Especially that second unit, the Pacers attacked DJ Augustine in pick and rolls. They attacked Mo Bamba in the post. And and Bamba got better as the game went on, so give him credit for that. But I'm I'm really personally just beginning to think you can't play Augustine and Bamba together because they're just going to attack Augustine as a defender and Bamba just isn't ready to handle that responsibility of, of covering for Augustine. Vooch can do it. Birch can do it. I'm not sure Mo can. I'm not sure Mo's ready quite for that responsibility yet. So the Magic, though, take the L. They take the loss. They fall to 6-9. and They're still in 8th in the playoff spot. And yes, we're going to keep an eye on that because, like I've said, I think Orlando just has to stay in contact with the playoff race. If I'm not mistaken, they were four and a half games out of the final playoff spot when they made their push at 20-31 and last year. So, again... They might fall a little bit, but I, I think as long as they're in the race and, and the way this East playoff race is shaping up, it's going to be tight for that eight spot. So all Orlando has to do now is take care of their own business again. Find a way to scratch out a win against the Detroit Pistons on Monday. 
And that's really what the focus has got to be on as they make that turn toward home on this road trip. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast. A really just impressive offensive game for the Orlando Magic. They had a lot of really great performances. And we do really have to start with Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier finished the game with 26 points. He continues his offensive revival. I guess we can call it an offensive revival. He's been really strong offensively for for the last couple games now. Um, 26 points, 11 for 23 shooting, 4 for 10 from beyond the arc, 4 assists, 3 turnovers. Um, Overall, you know, Fournier had the green light to shoot. Um, You know, this was was hashtag FIBA Fournier at his best. He was doing a really good job, I thought, of weaving his way into the lane of, of, of finding ways to create space uh, and really working the pick and roll. The Magic fed him the ball and let him go to work. And, and you know, he took advantage of that freedom and, and generally made good decisions. I think early on, especially he was still getting his legs under him, uh, I thought that early on that he did um, a poor job uh, of finding the right reads or making the right reads off the bounce and, and making plays and passing the ball. Um, he did have a little bit of a tunnel vision that he was just going to shoot the ball early on in the game. But I did think as the game went on, he got better on the ball. He got better with how he attacked and how and what space he took and where to stop and where to find the next guy or where to kick back out. Um, I think the Magic did a good job kind of balancing when he had the ball in that second half. In the, in the third quarter, he hit, I think, four three-pointers. or not. I don't think he hit all four three-pointers, but he hit a lot of three-pointers in the, in, in the third quarter. Uh, as the Magic made their push to get back into the game, they actually took the lead to end the, the third quarter. So it was a really good comeback in that fourth quarter. Um, he was a big part of that, and it was because they allowed him to work off the ball a little bit more. So I think, I think you know, the Magic are going to be in a little bit of a feeling out process with Evan Fournier and figuring out exactly how they want to use him at this juncture of the of the season or this juncture of the game of of the game because because of again what what the Magic have. Um, he was really good uh, overall, I think. I mean, I think the three turnovers were him feeling himself out a little bit early on. He obviously had that turnover late in the game, so t- really two of them happened early on. One happened late. Um, I think the passing number will, will you know, come up a little bit. I think four or five assists is about what you're going to expect from Fournier for this stretch. Um, but I really liked the way that he attacked and the way that he scored. Um, just a really solid game. If Fournier plays like he did, uh, in this game, then, then the Magic will be able to keep themselves afloat offensively. I mean, it's just a consistent offensive attacker. And, and Fournier's been the most consistent offensive player for the Magic all season to this point. So um, I, I, I don't know if we'll see 26 points every night, but certainly a really strong start. As was for Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac finishes with 25 points, 10 for 16 shooting, 4 for 6 from beyond the arc, 9 rebounds, 4 steals, 2 blocks. I think... If there is a blessing that will come from having Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic out for any stretch of time, and, and Gordon at Magic practice on Sunday did stationary shooting drills, he's out for Monday, I wouldn't expect him back before 
uh, the end of the road trip. I, I, if if he's going to be back, he'll be at the earliest. I would think he will be back is Friday against Toronto. I'm I'm not sold he'll be ready by then yet either. Um, but again, I'm not I, I'm not with the team. I, I I really don't have a sense of that. Um, that I certainly don't think he'll play in the next two games uh, to finish off this road trip. Um, but the thing we were all really interested in seeing, if there is a blessing, this is this this these injuries are going to force the Magic to play through Jonathan Isaac a lot more. And, and we're going to learn a lot about whether Jonathan Isaac can be that guy or, or, or what he can be offensively in addition to what he can be defensively. They're asking Jonathan Isaac to step up in a big way. And, and so the Magic are getting a little bit of a glimpse of their potential future uh, with some of the guys that they're asking to step up. Now, obviously not a full rotation of, of guys, but um, if you're if you're into kind of rebuilding and, and, and that kind of sense, this is this is a big moment for this franchise. So first game, first test, Jonathan Isaac passed with flying colors so, to the point that, yeah, run more plays for him. Get him more involved. Honestly, though, I would say this. He had 20 points in the first uh, three quarters, and I didn't think the Magic ran a ton of plays for him. Now, granted, uh, he still did a lot of really good things. He got a lot of spot-up three-pointers, which is great. He was comfortable shooting them. He, sh- he shot them comfortably. And then slowly but surely, he started attacking more off the dribble. He had a nice, he had one really nice move uh, a, a dribble pull-up fadeaway shot, um, you know, like a, a Kevin Durant-style mid-range jumper that just just was like, if he's hitting that, it, it's game over. I mean, he's already working on that post fadeaway. Um, he just did a lot of really, really good things, and obviously he made the shots, um, but he knows how to get his shots. He's, he's not forcing anything. I mean, again, I, I look at his numbers. He, he had no turnovers in the game, and on top of all this, he's blocking shots. He's cha- He's making steals. He's challenging passing lanes. Um, and he did all this while guarding Miles Turner, which I think explained a little bit of his foul trouble. And Isaac's going to have an interesting matchup Monday against Blake Griffin. Um, another really good test for him to see just where he's at as far as his development on both ends of the floor. Um, but uh, overall, just a, a really impressive performance. Obviously, career-high 25 points. Um, and, and honestly, his best game of his career. Um, you know, So he, he stepped up in a big way in his first outing without Aaron Gordon. I'm interested to see how he steps up in his second game. I'm sure the Magic will run a few more plays for him, play him a few more minutes. He only played 29-11 in this game. I think foul trouble had something to do with that. Um, but he made a lot of shots. He played with some extreme confidence, and and, and that's a really scary thing because Isaac's been the talk of this team all season long. I mean, he's been the brightest spot on this team. That you know, it, it, It's starting to feel like his future is starting to come together, and I th- again, I think this stretch is going to be a really big piece of that. Um, just some other notables. Markel Fultz, 13 points, 6 for 11 shooting, 9 assists two, two turnover, against 2 turnovers. Uh, 1 steal, obviously that big one late in the game. Uh, Steve Clifford singled out Markel Fultz um, on Sunday at practice for his aggressive, aggressiveness on the ball. Um, he said he had 13 drives and a lot of his assists came off those drives. He was able to get to the basket. Um, Fultz, uh, like Isaac, now that there's fewer mouths to feed, so to speak, I think that's going to free up Fultz to kind of play more his game. I mean, I think if the goal for, like I said, I think the goal for this season with Markel Fultz is to let him play, is to just kind of turn him loose and say, you know, you know, just go out there and play. Don't worry about making mistakes. Don't worry about anything else. I mean, winning matters. You know, we, we care about winning, so make winning plays. But go out there and play. Get comfortable again. We'll worry about skill development next year. This kid is playing with so much confidence He's playing, you know, so so well, uh, and, and again, now the attention is a little bit heightened because the, because there are there are player absences, and the Magic are going to need a little bit more from him. And I, honestly, I think he really stepped up to the plate. The Magic are just 
such a clearly better team with Markel Fultz on the floor. I mean, I think there's there's really no other way to describe it that they they're just they just operate better with another guy who can attack off the dribble. Really, the only guy that can attack off the dribble and get all the way to the basket. And he's just a really smart player. I mean, I I, I think that the Magic have a right to be very excited about this kid because he's he's going to continue growing and developing. Um, and and this is again like Isaac a big moment for him. And again, I think generally he stepped up to the plate. Um, I got to give Wes a one new some props. He only scored four points, two for five shooting, two steals. Uh, but Really good defense, a solid defense for most of the night. Provided some good energy. Uh, he had uh, him and Alfred Camino teamed up for a really nice play in transition that I that I just am still buzzing about the pass that Aminu threw. Um, Aminu also I thought had a solid game, four points, uh, only one for five shooting, four assists, two steals, one block. He's struggling to make shots around the basket. That's 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 definitely true and definitely something that that has to change. But overall, uh, his defense has been pretty solid. Uh, I think he's been a pretty sure hand. For that second unit's defense, defense, even though they're they're struggling in a whole lot of other areas. So let's talk about the bigs. Ken Birch, four points, two for four shooting, five rebounds, two turnovers. Committed two fouls very very early in the game, kind of set the tone for the game, uh, and allowed Demonte Sabonis to feast on the inside. Sabonis at twenty five points. Um, Birch, I just have to say, Birch just didn't make a huge impact. Um, that that that's kind of my takeaway on on what Birch did in this game. Uh, just. A solid game, but not a memorable game. And that might be okay. That might be asking a little bit too much of Birch. But the Pacers were able to kind of pound the inside a little bit. I mean, Turner didn't do a whole lot, but Sabonis was all over the place, uh, just abusing the Magic's bigs. Uh, And some of that has to go on Mo Bamba. Um, And and I thought Mo played an okay game. Nine points, four for nine shooting, seven rebounds, one assist, two turnovers, two blocks. So he was active. I thought that he did let... Bad plays kind of wash past him. Um, you know, he didn't linger on bad plays. So, so you know, that I think that's been a problem for him where he allows bad plays to compound and multiply. But the Pacers were attacking him uh, at every turn. They, they were trying to test him. They know that he's a defensive weak link. Uh, and so they went after him all night long. And, and you know, Moe's got to step up and prove that he is not a weak link anymore on the defensive end. He's going to have to really mature and show his understanding on that end. Um, especially if DJ Augustine is going to be his point guard, which, which you know, I'm, I'm a little worried about still too. But again, I, I, I don't mean to rag on the kid. I, I thought that Mo played really, really well. I've said all year that I agree with Clifford that there, there have been improvements. They're very subtle. You know, again, I, I still thought that Birch was probably the better player, but you let Mo make his mistakes now in, you know, December, and then around January, maybe you make the decision on what, what you're going to do with the rotation for, for, you know, the final stretch of the season. Um, but, you know, Mo... Uh, what you want to see Mo do is build on this game. Um, you don't want him to play Andre Drummond too for too long, but you know maybe a few minutes against Andre Drummond just to just to get that taste of that physicality, just to see where he's at. You know, testing that. But overall, you know, I, I thought Mo made progress uh, in Saturday's game. But you know, again, still just someone that you got to cover for a little bit. Um, and I, I just think the Magic are really struggling on that front. Orlando shoots 46.7% from the floor, 13 for 31 from beyond the arc, just 7 of 9 from the foul line. That's one thing the Magic have done better this year is get to the foul line. They did not get to the foul line in this game. Um, as a, again, this was very much a mirror of the first game against the Pacers. The Pacers got mid-range jumpers, didn't foul a lot. The Magic couldn't get to the, couldn't get to the foul line. Orlando made their shots, um, but just couldn't keep pace with, with Indiana once the Pacers made their run. DeMontis Sabonis leads the Pacers with 25 points. Jeremy Lamb with 14. Aaron Holiday with 13 Justin Holiday with 12, Doug McDermott with 13. 
Indiana shoots 54.4% from the floor, 15 of 16 from the foul line. They get seven offensive rebounds, but one was pretty big. 19 turnovers for Indiana, leading to 20 to, to 21 points for the Orlando Magic. So the Magic do a good job turning the ball over, turning them over, which is a good sign, I think. But Orlando's defense overall was not good enough to get the win in this one. The Indiana Pacers defeat the Orlando Magic 111 to 106, leaving us with plenty of clues to sift through as the Magic try to get themselves back on track, get their first road win, and win without their best players. Before we move on to, to, what, to what I want to kind of wrap the show up about with this, with this game against the Pacers, I have to tell you about Audible. It has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. Listening on the go? If you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. When you're without your best players, when you're you're without the guys that really kind of give you your margin of error, that, that kind of cover for your mistakes. And granted, you know, Nikola Vucevic does that a little bit. Aaron Gordon does that a little bit. I'm not talking about that, talking about them like they're the best of the best. So, you know, I think this would have been the case regardless. But when you're without those players, your margin for error shrinks and, and every mistake is really amplified. If you're going to succeed without these kinds of players, if you're going to succeed without your best guys, then it is vitally important that you stick to your core tenets. That you stick to what would get you there in the first place. When we talk about a team's identity, what, what I really think we, we mean, or what I mean when I, when, I, when I think of a team's identity, it's the what do you do well even if you're playing poorly. You know, Steve Clifford would say, you know, we, we have a way to win. And, it, you know, it really comes down to we do these things really well no matter what. Right? Don't worry about these things. And then we have to, you know, tip these other elements in our favor, and, and that will lead to a win. I, I think that's kind of how I conceptualize what Steve Clifford means when he says we have to have our way to win, or we have our way to win, we know our way to win, and I would just have to go out and execute it. Saturday night against the Indiana Pacers, we saw elements of that core, of, the, of that, that fundamental kind of building block that is the Orlando Magic. We saw it in, 
you know, they're pretty, their, their ability to create turnovers and get out in transition. You know, that, that's not like a fundamental identity part, but it, it's something the Magic want to do more of. We saw it in how they protected the ball relatively well. Orlando only finished with 14 turnovers, which is a little bit of a high number. They gave up only eight fast break points. It's pretty good. Against Toronto, actually, they gave up only five, and Toronto's the best team in getting out in transition in the league. When they when, when everyone would say that Steve Clifford teams are difficult to play against, it's this identity, these core things that, that make that true. It's that they lock down the defensive glass. You don't get second chance opportunities, so you better make the most of that first one. It's that they don't turn the ball over. They don't give you easy chances. They don't let you get out on the break off of mistakes. They make you defend for, you know, 24 seconds or, you know, however long it is. These are central, you know, and then they're sound defensively, of course. These are central pieces to the Steve Clifford identity. They're central pieces to this Orlando Magic team's identity. The Magic are nothing if they don't do these things. And that's really the honest truth. The Magic are nothing if they don't do these things. Now, against the Pacers, the Magic did those things okay. You know, only 14 turnovers. It's not a great number. It's a little high. Seven offensive rebounds for 12 second chance points. I mean, that's uh, the conversion rate's a little worrisome, but, you know, not terrible. But they gave up an offensive rebound at a critical moment. They gave up a turnover at a critical moment, and their defense wasn't very good all night. Their, their ability to contain the ball and direct it where they wanted it to go wasn't very good all night. And so it's not surprising that, you know, when the chips were down and the Magic struggled with all these things, they lost the game. Clifford has been warning about the defensive decline since before the injuries. And then he's right. The numbers back that up. You could just watch the team and know that their defense hasn't been the same that it was early in the year. And so losing Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon should force the team back to its basic core tenets. If the Magic want to be successful, if the Magic want to find any success or to stay afloat during these next week, two weeks, three weeks, maybe four weeks, they have to make sure that their central identity is firmed up. If there's one thing that they should be doing at this point, it is recommitting and refocusing on this central identity, on defending at a high level, of rebounding every defensive rebound, preventing offensive rebounds, of protecting the ball and preventing turnovers. 
If the Magic do these three things, I mean, you, the effort part, obviously, is that the effort and fight come first. Because, you know, everything's an outgrowth of that. If the Magic do these three things specifically, then everything else will grow out of that. You get defensive rebounds, you get fast break points and easy baskets, which the Magic will need. You get stops, you get defense, you, you stop them on defense, you force turnovers. Again, easy baskets and all that jazz. You don't turn the ball over yourself. You're working through your offense, and eventually if you can break a team down as long as you're taking quality shots and keeping the ball moving. Over-dribbling might be a problem with this group for a while. So everything can be an outgrowth of these three basic tenets, these identity tenets. The Magic have been pretty good all year at all three. Obviously, the Magic have slipped out of the top 10 in defensive rating, but the Magic have the third lowest turnover rate in the league. And I believe they're second in defensive rebound rate. Now, Clifford said earlier in the year that even though the Magic were essentially rebounding better than they had even last year by percentage, by raw numbers, he wasn't happy with their physicality. And in fact, I would venture to guess that he is still not happy with their physicality on the glass or their physicality defensively. And that is something that they've got to get better. Again, everything is an outgrowth of this identity, both on the glass, on defense, and protecting the ball themselves. This is a time to recommit to those principles because the Magic have weaknesses in other areas. But if the Magic maintain and lock down this central area of their team, of themselves, then they'll have a chance. Then they'll have a chance to win. And that is all they really can ask for right now. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr_omd, And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. A Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.